if you're going to trust God with your soul, which is far, far more valuable, why not trust him with your money? And now for Slipping into Darkness, Part 6, Giving. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. This is, of course, Pastor Nathaniel, and as you know, I am not in the U.S. at the moment. I'm currently in Davao City, Philippines, and I'm in the middle of a series called Slipping into Darkness. Today is part six of that, and it's the seven areas that people slip into darkness with, according to Google. It's not according to the Bible, but according to Google. God spoke the series, but I Googled it to see what were the top seven areas that people have to deal with and they have trouble with and they slip into darkness. And today is number six. And number six actually deals with community and contribution. And God simply says for today, I am to speak on the subject of giving, community and contribution, but on the subject of giving, specifically giving to the ark of salvation. This message is not for everyone. As I was praying over it, God says this message, it's for three people. And for those three, those three will know. You know that I don't talk about giving a whole lot. We have a principle in the church of where we basically ask you to bow your heads for 10 seconds and to ask God, Lord, what shall I give? And we've been doing this for I don't know how long. Once God commanded it, that's what we switch to. We don't do a whole lot of hammering. We don't do a lot of preaching on giving. It's as a rarity. But today, people slip into darkness when they move away even from their giving patterns. And it's one of the things that's so easy to do. And it's three people today, and this message is specifically for you. I am so thankful that for the ark, we have a phenomenal giving record. We really do. So I have no complaints with the church. This is God who's dealing with those three, because one of the things that you have to understand is giving helps you. I know you may look at it, and particularly some people, they look at it as, well, this is the church trying to get money. Now, we have a lot of people who listen now, particularly from around the world. And I want to make this very, very clear. This message is for three people who are members and regular attendees of the Ark of Salvation in Atlanta, Georgia. If you are outside of our church, you're a member of another local church somewhere else. I want to make this very clear. You are not to send money to this ministry. You are to support the local ministry where you are. And this is for two reasons. Number one, you need to support the local ministry where you are. Number two, and I don't want you to take this in the wrong way. It can kind of sound a little arrogant, but it's kind of where we are. It's where God is leading me. So when I make this statement, take it in the spirit in which it is given. We don't need your money. Just as simple as that. The ark is doing well financially. The people who are here have supported us to no end. So we're actually in excellent financial shape. So we don't need your money. 
You put your money in the local church where you are. I know sometimes in your all, you know, fancy, let me send this money off to, to another country. No, 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 no. You support where you are. They got bills to pay, all kind of ministry expenses. You support where you are. That's what you're supposed to do. And we don't need your money. Simple as that. So this message is for those three people within the Ark of Salvation. And God has this message particularly for you. And when I asked God, I said, Lord, what scripture do I use? And God simply spoke Matthew 16, 10. Now I'm going to read starting at verse number eight. You're familiar with these verses. It's the NIV version. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? So when God spoke verse 16:10, or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered. I want to talk about giving to those three people. There once was a man and he had a heart attack. He had a heart attack and he was in the hospital and the doctor called his family and he said, look, he's in a delicate position right now. And we want to make sure that he has no excitement whatsoever. So no matter what, don't do anything that will upset him, that will excite him. We don't want to do anything that's going to get his heart beating fast. We need to make sure he stays calm and peaceful during this recovery period. And the doctor asked the family, do you understand? And all of the family said, yeah, yeah, we understand it. No excitement. Nothing that's going to get him upset or excited. Well, while he was in the hospital, he had a rich uncle who died. And the uncle left him $10 million dollars. So the family said, whoo, that's a lot of money, but we can't tell him because if we tell him, it's going to excite him and that could kill him. And they said, well, why don't we get the pastor to come in and talk with him? The pastor is real good. He speaks well. He's been in a lot of different situations. He understands stuff. He can. Let's ask the pastor. Can the pastor tell him? So they called the pastor and told the pastor the situation that he just inherited $10 million, but he was in the hospital and the doctors had said no excitement. And could the pastor please talk with him and give him the news without making him excited? And the pastor said, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. So the pastor went to the hospital and went into the hotel room and he began talking with the man. And then he said, let's just hypothetically say that all of a sudden you came into a huge amount of money. What would you do with that money? And the man thought for a few seconds and he looked at the pastor and he said, well, the first thing I would do, I would give half of the money to the church. And then the pastor dropped dead. Money can excite us. It can upset us. It can rule us sometimes. And many of us have become mastered by money. One of the things that's major of what giving does, it frees you from being mastered by money. When you can give 
And particularly when you can give first, when you make God a priority, when you follow his command in terms of how he is leading you, when you can do that, it changes how you think, how you feel. It changes your vibration with money. And I can tell you from just the people I know, those who are diligent with their giving have a character that goes far beyond what they do with the church. And those who are not have a character that goes far beyond the church. When God can trust you, man can trust you. To be honest, there's a few folk that I don't trust. Just, just by, I can't believe what they say. I can't believe they're going to do what they say they're going to do. If it's a man, often their wives can't trust them. If it's a woman, often they can't be trusted. It's something about it. When God can trust you with your money, that spirit and that behavior transfers to the world and to how you relate to other people. Everyone I know who I cannot believe what they say, their giving record is horrible. Everyone I know, if they have a tendency to be deceptive and to lie, everyone I know, when you go and check their giving record, terrible. So there is a principle of character that when you are in covenant with what God tells you to get, and I'm not talking about the 10%. I am talking about you bowing your heads for 10 seconds and asking God, Lord, what shall I give? And I believe with those three people, when you bow your heads and ask God, what shall you give? God speaks to you. And it's not the issue of whether God speaks to you. It is the issue of whether or not you will listen. And if you can't listen to God with your money, you won't listen to God with anything else because money is hard. I'll tell you that right now to give up a certain percent of whatever God tells you to do. And sometimes it may be more than the 10 percent. The 10 percent is the biblical standard, but you can't put God in a box. I remember when I bowed my head and asked God that question. God says you give to the level of where you want your income to be. I said, Look, I'm not earning that much now. You give based on the level where you want your income. So I had to boost mine up way beyond where it was because that was God's command to me, for me to give where I wanted to be. And eventually my income went up to where I was giving. But that was God's command to me. Now, that's not to everybody else. That's why I said you bow your head for 10 seconds. You ask God what you should give. But the key is not the asking. The key is the doing. And that's the real challenge, because I've even seen, even with a whole lot of pastors and preachers, they don't give God what God is due. They don't do it to the church. And that's why the last book of the Bible, Malachi, and Malachi, he said, oh, ye priest, you've robbed God. And he said, where have we robbed God? You've robbed him in tithes and offerings. Malachi was talking to the preachers. He was talking to the priests because they wouldn't do right with their giving. And when you want to come up with, you know, you can come up with all kinds of excuses, all kinds of, well, that Old Testament. Yes, it's Old Testament. But when you look at the New Testament, what did they do in the New Testament? In the New Testament, they put it all together. They gave it all. So you got a choice between 10 percent and all of it. So when you look at the New Testament, they wouldn't follow. Nor old. that thing is a spirit that says, I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do what God tells me to do. That's the real key. For the three of you where this message in particular is ministering, and it's only three, and I don't know which three 
It is. I have no idea. I don't know whether it's three men, three women, two men, one woman, two women, one man. I have no idea. And it doesn't matter because this is not it's not between me and you. This is between you and God. And the other thing is this. I don't want you to come up to me when I get back and tell me, Pastor Nathaniel, that message was really for me because I was one of those three. Don't tell me that for at least a year. Why? Don't tell me that for at least a year. And the reason why is this. Often we will get excited when we hear something. We know it's God speaking to us. And then 30 days later, we've dropped off the boat and forgotten about it and gone on about our business and moved back into the old ways of what we used to be. So you wait one year. And then a year later, you come up to me and you say, Pastor Nathaniel, you remember the message that you spoke about giving when you were in the Philippines? That was talking to me. And for this past year, I have been doing what God has told me to do about my giving. And this is about your giving to the ark of salvation. It's not about your giving to anyone else. It's not about anything. And don't come up with all the excuses. Well, you know, I helped my brother. I helped my sister. I helped my cousin. I helped this organization. No, 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 no. This is to you giving. When you bow your heads and ask God, what should you give? That's to the ark of salvation. And I am not saying this so that the church can get more money. And that's why I told the people who are not members, who are not a part of this congregation, who who listening from other countries or watching from other countries or even from other cities. Don't you send us any money because you need to do what you need to do in the local church where you are. And we don't need your money when people do what they're supposed to do. And that's why when I became pastor, I said, look, we're not going to have any bake sales. We're not going to have any car washes. As long as you do what God tells you to do, the church's finances will be fine. We've not had the first car wash. We've not had the first bake sale. We haven't done anything externally trying to raise money. If anything, we have given to other churches because the majority of you have been obedient to what God has told you to do about giving to this church. But there are three folk and you're not in obedience. You've heard God's voice, but you just haven't done it. And you've got to make a decision today. Am I going to be obedient or not? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if you start doing what God tells you to do with your money today, by next week, you're going to have all this money. You're going to have blessings. It may work like that. But to be honest, most of the time it doesn't. That thing has a subtle influence in your life. But I have never seen it fail. That when you do what God tells you to do, there's a blessing. I'm, I'm here in the Philippines. I am in Davao City. And before God spoke it, I'd never heard of this city. He says, I want you to spend July in the Philippines, and I want you to spend it in the third largest city. The only city that I was familiar with in the Philippines was Manila. I didn't even know another city. So I had to research it, find out what was the third largest city. Hadn't heard of it, but I'm here. But this is actually... Sunday morning. I'm going to church this morning. But not only am I going to church, I am speaking at the church. And you say, well, how you get to speak? And why are you speaking at a Filipino church? No one prearranged. Let me give you the story. This is why I say, when you follow what God tells you to do, and it's not just for your blessing, even though you are always blessed, often this is for the blessing of others. As you know, Pastor James, my youngest brother, he was with me here during the first week. He stayed here with me in Davao City, and he spent a week in Manila. And, you know, that was a question about, did I want to go see Manila? And I said, well, I'd like to see it, but 
God told me to be here, so I'm staying right here where God told me to be. Well, we walked to breakfast one morning. There's a nice real restaurant right on the bay, right on the water, but it's about two and a half miles away, and it's hot here. So we walked to the restaurant. We had breakfast. And when we got ready to come back, I said, well, I'm going to walk back. And Pastor James said, he said, I can walk back, but I don't want to. That's two and a half miles. It's blazing hot. He said, I'm going to get a taxi. So because it was a tough walk and we knew most people would not have been able to make that walk at the speed at which we were walking in the heat in which we were walking. So I was going to walk back. Pastor James took a taxi. Well, on my way back, this is a Sunday morning. It was 10, 18 a.m. I'm walking back. And all of a sudden, I hear this gospel music. And there's this church that's actually on a basketball court. And they're having service. And they're playing this music. And I can understand the words. And I said to myself, next Sunday, I am coming back to that church. And I did. And I went back to the church the next Sunday. I made sure I got there at 9.55. I wanted to be there. I figured it started at 10. I wanted to be there on time. I got there. When they saw me walk in... Everybody came up to shake my hand because I am unusual here. There's no question about that. Now, this is a fairly large city. I've only seen one other black person here. Only one. I've been to four different malls, and the malls here are humongous. They're super modern. They're nice. They've got like five levels, hundreds of stores. They're just big, and the malls here are crowded. They're not like the U.S. malls that are kind of sparse. Not a whole lot of people know the malls here are super crowded. So I've been out all over the city, different islands. I haven't seen another black person, seen one, and that's it. So I'm unusual. So when I walked into that service, here is a black man. They've been in that church for 23 years. My guess is no black person has ever walked in there. So I was unusual. So the pastor had me come down, stand up front, everybody come down, shake my hand. And two or three days ago, we actually went out to have dinner together. He did it with his wife and his two kids, and we just had a great time. And after we left, he contacted me and he said, would you mind having a word at my church on Sunday? Now, the thing about it is this. He does not know I am a pastor of a church because God said, don't tell him that. You just act like a regular citizen. Don't even mention that you're a pastor of a church. So he has no idea of that. But he asked me to speak at his church. So sometimes you never know why God is sending you to another. I would have never assumed I'm going to be speaking at a church this morning in the Philippines. And when I went to the service, God says, I want you to come back here every Sunday that you're here. So I was going to be here three more Sundays after that. Well, a total of three Sundays. And the first time I went, I'm listening to the song. And they have the words in English up on the screen. And I'm reading the words on this song. And Christian, I want you to sing that song because I'm reading the words and tears start forming in my eyes. Now, the message was in a Filipino language that I couldn't understand. But the song hit my spirit so hard. It brought tears to my eyes about how good God has been all of my life. So here I am in a church. That's not speaking English. Now, they can understand English because English is the official language of the Philippines, so they could understand it. But most of the people here, they don't really communicate in their day-to-day communication in English. They use their native languages, and there's a ton of different dialects. So 
I couldn't understand the message, but they did have a slide presentation with the messages and the slide presentation is in English. So I couldn't understand all of the words, but I got the gist of it. And the thing just hit my spirit. When you do what God tells you to do, it's not just a blessing for you. It often blesses others and you don't understand it until its fulfillment is revealed. And sometimes he never tells you what it's all about, but do what God tells you to do. Now, the verse that he gave me, Matthew 16, 10, or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered. I believe he gave me that verse because there were two instances where Jesus fed the multitude and it was miraculous. The first instance, he had five loaves and he fed 5,000. That's 1,000 per loaf. But the second time, he had seven loaves and he fed 4,000. And the first time, they took up 12 baskets of leftovers. The second time, they took up seven baskets of leftovers. And he said, well, what they got to do with anything? The first time was a far greater miracle. They fed 1,000 people for every loaf of bread. The second time, they fed about a little over 500 people per every loaf of bread. So the miracle was cut in half. And the first time they picked up 2.4 times as many baskets as they had loaves. And the second time they had four loaves, they picked up seven. So it was 1.7 times. The point is this. The first miracle was far greater, but he had me focus on the second miracle. And the reason I believe is this. God has really wrought some miracles in your life. But you look at other people and it looks like they have a greater miracle than you do. Because if you looked at that first miracle with five loaves and 5,000 people, and then the second miracle had seven loaves and 4,000 people. So it almost took twice as many loaves. So it wasn't as big a miracle, but it was still a phenomenal miracle. And we can sometimes get off track because we're looking at someone else's miracle instead of our own. God has blessed you. And for those three people, and you're not doing what God has told you to do with your money to the ark of salvation. I'm not talking about anywhere else, to the ark of salvation. You're not doing what you are supposed to do to the ark of salvation. Get in obedience. There's blessings. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that whatever God speaks to you, is going to be easy to do. Because there's one thing I've realized, God is hard. God is hard. God is love, but God is hard. It is hard to do what God tells you to do because I have major challenges with that. And I was talking with Pastor James even while he was here, and I was saying, man, whew, this program God has me on, this stuff is just hard. And I was just kind of, you know, talking about it. And that's why you need somebody with you to kind of, that's able to see stuff in a different light. And he said, yeah, it may be hard, but look at the results. I'm with you. And everywhere you go, folk are commenting about how you look. And they can't believe you're the age that you are and that your body just don't look anywhere like a 67-year-old man. They can't believe it. So, yeah, God has put you through a harder program, but look at the results. God is hard. 
And then, he, then he's told me this, you're going to be terrific or terrible, not in the middle. And I said, look, why I got to do that? Why? So sometimes you wonder why God puts you through this. And I, and I realize he's putting me through the same thing he's eventually going to put everybody else through. Because sooner or later, once you leave this body, it's going to either be terrific or terrible because it's heaven or hell. So he's just getting me geared right now. Make that choice right now. On earth as it is in heaven, you're going to be terrific or terrible, not in the middle. When you leave this body, you will be terrific or terrible, not in the middle. Get in line with your giving, those three. Get in line with your giving. Get in line with your giving to the ark of salvation. Don't come up with all these stories, all these excuses. Well, you know, I give to the Red Cross out here. No, 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 no. That is to the house of God where you are a member. Get in line. Do what you are supposed to do. When you bow your head to ask God, you're asking God, what should you give to the ark? Not what you should give anywhere else. I probably give more than anybody else in the church outside of the church. I doubt if anybody can match my record with that. But I do what God has told me to do for the church in the church. So if you want to give outside, that's fine. Just do what you're supposed to do. Do what God tells you to do in the ark. Those three. And I'm only talking to three folk. God says three folk who needs this message. Three folk. The rest of you. Now, I can't say it's not more than three, but this message is only for three. And let me tell you something why it may be more than three, why it probably is more than three. Because God knows those three may listen. Some folks, they're just not going to do right. I don't care what you tell them, how much even some pastors, if I've heard them speaking, they say they speak on tithing 12 times a year, which is every month. And even though they hammer on it, they talk about it, they, they do it. They still can't get more than, you know, 20, 25 percent of the people to do it. Seventy five, 80 percent of folk. I don't get what you say. They're not going to do it. So God knows there are three people who might listen, who have the heart and the character and the integrity and the discipline. There are three folk who might listen. Not that there's more than three folk who are out of line, but there are three folk who might listen. If you're one of those three, trust God with your money. If you're going to trust God with your soul, which is far far more valuable. Why not trust him with your money? How can you say, you know, I hear people tell me, you know, I'd rather have Jesus and silver and gold and you won't do right. That's a lie. And I've seen so many preachers who just won't do right with their money. I have seen folk who wouldn't give and then they weren't even in the ministry and then they got in the ministry. They got to be a, you know, over ministry and then now they want to tell the people, tie, 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 and they wouldn't do it. So God knows the hearts of men and women. He knows your heart. There are three. There are three of you. And God is saying for those three, if you hear this message, listen, heed, and do. And I can't promise you what God will do, but I can tell you this. He's going to do better than you're going to do, and he's going to do beyond what you even expect, even though it may be in different arenas. Sometimes it doesn't come back just you think if you give money, it comes back in money. Oh, there are so many other things, so much more important than money. He'll protect your children. He'll protect your health. He protects your finances. He protects your relationships. There's so much that God gives. Do you know what the largest portion of really I don't know whether it's the largest or not, but it's a huge portion. That's the military industrial complex. That's the defense budget. You know how much the, every government has to spend just to protect themselves in defense? Do you know how much it is worth? And that's why I can go anywhere. I just don't work because I got angels around me. How much are those angels worth? So just to protect me, to keep me out of harm's way, is a price on that that I can put no value on. So what God can do for you? When you come into obedience, 
It is beyond what you can even imagine. So for those three, for those three, for those three, I just want you right now to bow your heads for 10 seconds and ask God, Lord, what shall I give to the ark of salvation? So go ahead right now, just 10 seconds, bow your head and ask God that. Amen. Amen and amen. Now, you need to start this right away. So there's no second offering that's going to be taken up because right now we, we're fully digital. So you go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. And you get in obedience to what God has spoken to you as soon as this service is over. You go to IWantToGive.com and you give to what God has told you to do. And then a year later, then you can tell me, Pastor Nathaniel, I've been obedient to what God has told me to do. And this is what has happened in my life, in my soul, in my mind, in my spirit. You cannot outgive God. Get in obedience with what God has told you to do. This is Pastor Nathaniel from Davao City, Philippines, wishing you the greatest blessings and even a greater level of blessings than you have ever experienced as you move to a greater level of obedience. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and send this message. Well, to be honest, you don't mean I even need to send this message to anybody else because it's for those three. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part six of the series titled Slipping into Darkness. Subtitled, Giving, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5999, that's 5999. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5999 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word.